0: Uh, My name is Minister Gary Cheney. I'm a member of Parkline Assembly of God. I'm coming before you today just to lift up the Lord Jesus in the area of racial reconciliation, reconciliation, as well as uh, reconciliation in the church itself. Um, I'd like to start by saying a few weeks ago at the gym of all places, a young man began to speak with me about how he felt about what was going on racially. And uh, he expressed uh, his heartfelt desire to see things improve. But at the same time, he was realistic about where we're at right now as a people in this thing uh, with the racial uh, upsteering and the uh, need for more uh, heartfelt conversations to heal our land. He was very upset. He was very mad. And he was adamant about wanting to do things in a very ungodly way. As we spoke, I realized that some of the bitterness that he was expressing was rubbing off on me. Now, mind you, I'm a a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am a man of God. I don't make any qualms about that. I love the Lord. The Lord saved me some 30-something years ago, and I'm so very thankful for that. But I began to realize something in that moment in time. I was not exempt from feeling the negativity that this man was feeling. And with that being said, it made me look at the fact that all of us in the body of Christ, are not exempt from feeling the negativity that exists in our world today. And I thought about just how this came about. I went back to the book of Genesis, if you will, and in the 12th chapter there with Abraham, it says that God told Abraham, leave your country, leave your land, leave your father. And I thought, what, How does that relate to what's going on today? A lot of our behavior is learned. A lot of our behavior has been given to us, passed down to us by those who came before us. And so it becomes a a, we become a product, if you will, of our environment. Now, along those same lines, just looking and and realizing what this particular scripture meant here in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 35, verse five, it talks about ancient hostility. We, God's people, are caught up in ancient hostility. We, we don't like uh, one another because of what has been passed down to us over the years. And we cover it up pretty well. But truth be told, we need Jesus to minister our hearts, our minds, and our souls so we can do better And not be caught up in the things that the enemy of our souls would have us caught up in. The anger, the bitterness, the resentment, it all has an origin. Going back into the book of Genesis, chapter four, Cain and Abel, brothers, what did they do? Cain gave an offering. It was not accepted by God because it wasn't the best he could give. His brother Abel gave an offering and God received it because Abel gave the best he could possibly give. And it was accepted. Today in our lives, the same things are happening. We give ourselves over to the Lord and he accepts that. And and someone comes along with this mindset of envy and jealousy and strife and confusion. The world we live in today is full of that. But God would not have that to be. So what what do we need to do? My brothers and sisters, what what do we need to do to make this thing better? Well, God spoke to Cain and he said, why are you, why are your face downcast? Why are you so angry? Don't you know if you do good, good will come back to you. And then he told me, says, if you do what is right, you're going to be blessed by it. But if you do that, which is wrong, know this. Evil is crouching at your door. And it desires to have you, but you must master it. Now, with that being said, I thought back about that conversation I had with that young man. The more he talked, the more bitter I got in my heart. I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm a man of God. Why am I bitter? Why am I feeling this way? Well, I've just been bombarded by some stuff that was greater than me. And the Lord is saying, look, wake up, son. Know that you have not arrived. You need to depend on me every step of the way, because if you don't, you can be misled. Why? Because the word of God says evil communication corrupts good manners. We see it all the time. Get around some people who are laughing and joking about something and let them laugh and joke about something off color. See if you don't have to catch yourself. But this thing, this racial, this racial situation that we're in right now, it's nothing to laugh at. It is causing havoc in the world we live in today. We have political unrest. We have racial uh, tension. We have economic hardships. We have people falling out from this pandemic. All this stuff is happening and, and, and fear is setting in. But the Lord told us what? Fear not. For I have overcome the world. That's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has said that. And so the fear that we're we're experiencing, the fear that is making us angry at one another and envious of one another and jealous at one another. We can overcome this through Jesus Christ himself. But we must do what Jesus did. We must take the example that the Lord Jesus Christ left us with. It comes a time when we must say, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. But the enemy was saying, ah, uh-uh, no, there's no forgiveness in this thing. They've been hating on you for a while. But in the word of God, going back to this thing called the root of bitterness, as, as, as expressed in Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 15, it says that we're not to be overcome by this root of bitterness. We're not to let this thing waver and set in on us and cause us hardships and, and distress and anger and bitterness and resentment and hatred towards one another. As a matter of fact, we're told to seek peace and pursue it with all men, not just those that we desire to be friends with, but with everybody. In the book of Isaiah, it talks about the foreigner, how the foreigner is to be received just like everybody else is received. As a matter of fact, here in Isaiah uh, 56 and 3 says, let no foreigner who has bound himself to the Lord say the Lord will surely exclude me from his people. Why should he not say this? Because God's blessings are for all people, regardless of race, social position, work or financial situation. No one must exclude in any way those God chooses to include. None of us. None of us must do this. But what happens? The enemy of our soul comes by and says, hey, you can pick and choose who you desire to have in your circle. You can pick and choose salvation. You can pick and choose when you want to be angry, when you want to be bitter, when you want to be resentful, who you want in your corner, who you don't want in your corner. But I got to be honest with you, saints of God, my brothers and sisters, the Lord that came by and spoke to my heart, it's wrong. To harbor wickedness in my heart towards my fellow man is wrong. He tells us to love our enemies and we say, wait a minute. I uh-uh, no! how am i going to love somebody that's treated me miserably. Who looks at me and thinks of me as less than a man who feared me just because of the color of my skin. Who don't want anything to do with me because they don't know me and don't care to know me. But God says this to us. I love you. I've called you. I've chosen you. You are my servant. Don't fear. Don't doubt. Don't worry. But Lord, where is this coming from? Just like he spoke to Jairus. They walked up to Jairus and they said, your your daughter, she's dead. Don't bother the master anymore. Jesus looked at Jairus and he said this. Fear not, just believe. My brothers and sisters, he's telling us that today. Fear not, just believe believe in Jesus. Our Lord, our savior, our healer, our deliverer, our waymaker, our burden taker, our heavy load bearer, our shield and our buckler, our very present help in a time of need. The one who spoke into our hearts and told us, "Hey, I'm shifting the atmosphere. You no longer have to have a hard heart and a stiff neck. You no longer have to listen to the rebellion of those who are rebellious." As I was thinking about what to say on today to you, my brothers and sisters, in the book of Cor- in the book, excuse me, of numbers, Uh, Chapter 16, speaking about Korah, Abiram, Dathan, these men started a rebellion against Moses and Aaron. And it led the Israelite people down a path that they did not want to go down. And I was reminded as I was reading this, how similar that situation is to this pandemic we are under today. And it, it, it just it took me by surprise when I stopped and I really considered and thought about it. But here's what what transpired and kind of got me to thinking about this thing. You got a man who all of a sudden wants to be a leader. He wants to supersede, if you will, or rise up over the leadership that's in existence. But he does not want to do it because he loved the people. He wants to do it because he's selfish in his approach to life and in his approach to this thing. He takes some other people down that road with him to include his entire family. They were destroyed because of his rebellion. The Bible says the earth opened up and swallowed them. And when the earth opened up and swallowed them and they were screaming and hollering, the people that was around them was moving away, hollering and screaming. It's going to get us too. Moses, prior to this happening, told the people because God told Moses to tell the people. Get away from Cora. Get away from Abiram. Get away from Dayton. Come away from these rebellious people. He's speaking to our hearts today about being around rebellious folks. People who make us aggravated and anger and angry, excuse me, about situations and circumstances that would cause us to be bitter and resentful and frustrated and agitated about life. And we see it all the time. I'm speaking to this young man and he's telling me about his anger and his aggravation. And I could feel his anger and his aggravation become my anger and my aggravation. And the Lord spoke to my heart and told me, I'm not exempt. And with that being said, I realize that none of us are exempt. If we hang around with that, if we're around people who are bitter, who are frustrated, who's aggravated about life, their aggravation becomes our aggravation. Their frustration becomes our frustration. And the Lord is saying simply this to us. Come out from amongst them and be ye separate. Know them that you labor amongst. Even today in the body of Christ, we have people. Brothers and sisters, if you will. Who don't have the the right perspective of holiness when it comes to loving on one another. And so we talk to each other about disliking one another. And that shouldn't be my brothers and sisters. The Lord does not want that to be our plight in life. So what happens? Well, when you got a Korah, when you got a a Dayton, if you will, and byram, and the earth opens up and takes them, and here you are standing there, and you know that, hey, you don't want that to happen to you. So what did the children of Israel do that, that particular day? They got away from those guys. And the Lord spared them. But ironically enough, If you read a little further down, you see that it was only overnight (laughs) and they were back at it again, murmuring, grumbling, in rebellion, speaking against Moses. And that's when the pandemic hit. That's when the Lord allowed the disease to come up on the land because of the murmuring, the grumbling. Seems like there's nothing new under the sun, my brothers and sisters, nothing new. So what what happens? We, saints of God, must bow down. We must learn to worship and praise the Lord with all our hearts, our minds and our souls. We must learn to call on the name of Jesus no matter what. We must learn to turn away from that which is wicked and turn to that which is good. And if we don't know anything else that is good, we know Jesus is good. Somebody asked me years ago, what is it? Preacher, why why are you uh, so caught up and hung up and, and, and so sure that Jesus is real? Well, when he delivered me from my mess some 30-something years ago, from drug abuse, when he delivered me from a lifestyle that would cause me to fall and stay down if I did not call on his name and rise up, when he delivered me and saved me and healed me, I spoke these words to him and I keep speaking them. Lord, for you I live, for you I die. I'll serve you with the rest of my days on this earth. I'll tell my brothers and sisters, whatever it is you give me to say, I'll say it from my heart. I'll say it with no reservation or hesitation. I'll say it because it's what you have given me to say. And my brothers and sisters today, he's given me to say this to you. He loves you. He loves us and his love for us is unconditional. And he wants us to have that same type of unconditional love one to another. Jesus said this in the book of John, uh, chapter 15, I believe it was. Love ye one another. Love ye one another. Don't hate. Love ye one another. We spend a great deal of time uh, doing, unfortunately, just the opposite. The enemy of our soul has come in he sows seeds of discord in our lives. And so we, we we don't see eye to eye. We don't try to see eye to eye. And the enemy does not want us to see eye to eye. Reason being in the book of Acts in the second chapter, it talks about being on one accord. It talks about being somewhere prayed up, being somewhere where we just worship the Lord with all our hearts, minds and souls. Being not only healed and delivered, but the Holy Spirit coming in with dunamis, with power, making us more than we ever thought we could ever be. And and then he takes us out into the highways and byways, into the streets. And he puts us on display before a multitude of different people. And they understand what we're saying as we worship and lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, because they hear us speak in their language. In their individual languages. And that's what the Lord wants from us today, that we speak on his behalf, that we get the enemy up out of our business. And the only way to do that is love. For the word of God says love covers a multitude of faults and sins. Who among us does not have faults? Who among us does not have sin? Who among us could throw a rock and say, I'm throwing this rock because I have not done anything wrong. But God knows and he loves us and he would have us to love on one another. He would have us to stop the hatred, stop allowing the enemy of our souls to keep us at war against one another. You know, in the book of Nehemiah, I know I'm all over the place in the Bible because I love the Bible and I I love the word of God and what it does for me. But in the book of Nehemiah in chapter four, it talks about Sambali, Tobias and the Ammonites and how they disliked the Israelites because they were rebuilding the walls, the walls of Jerusalem, the walls that had been torn down, the walls that represent protection, the walls that keeps us where the Lord would have us to be in safety. And these men, in their envy and their jealousy and their resentment of the Israelites, they wanted to put out fear. And it's kind of amazing, but we see fears on the land today. People come up with all kind of rhetoric and we are buying into it and we're getting fearful and frightful. And because of this, there's a lot of confusion on the land. And so here we are. Um, It says that Sembalat and Tobias, they set out to, to bring about this confusion and this fear and the Israelites refused to buy into it. And so eventually they said something to this effect. Let us sneak in and become amongst them. And before they know it, we can kill them. But God made that known to them that there was some enemy in the midst of them and that they needed to get them out of the way, get them away from them so they could be where God has called them to be. We have that same thing happen today in the body of Christ. We are people that have crept in unawares and they're sowing seeds of discord amongst us. They They got it where it's denominational, they got it where it's racial, they got it where it's economical, they got it where it's cultural. I mean, all these various things that are transpiring today is because the enemy does not want us to come together on one accord. Because when we come together in power, in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, when we come together on his behalf, when we lift up the name of Jesus, where there's two or more gathered together in His name, when there's no there's no uh, agendas, when there's no hidden things, when when we're motivated to just serve the Lord with all our hearts, our minds, and our souls, the atmosphere shifts. The enemy knows that, and so he's fighting us tooth and nail. He does not want us to get this thing right, because when we get right, the world changes. It shifts. People get right. People get healed. People get delivered. People get blessed and they're no longer stressed. And he does not want that. So what happens? Well, a Tobias and Sembalat and all these different ones, they come along and they so sees a discord. Now, in the book of Acts in chapter 19, it, 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 it kind of explains this a little bit better when it comes to the political climate, if you will, of today. In that book, it talks about this this named Demetrius. Demetrius was making a ton of money off of selling idols. And because he was making money and other folks was making money, they did not want the saints of God lifting up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because they were getting ready to lose their business. And they knew this. And if you look at the world today and you see all the things that's going on, there are some people who have agendas that are not of God. And they're going to lose their business if we get on board with the things of God. And they know this and they want to stay in power. They want to stay where they are. They want to keep doing the things that they've been doing. So what they want to do is bring about confusion in the word of God. In the book of Acts, chapter 19, around verse 32, it says that the people were rioting, but they were confused. There were people who were there that was fussing and cussing, if you will, and, and, and doing all manner of, 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 of things that, was ang- that represented anger and bitterness and resentment. But it goes on to say they were there doing these things, having this riot, but the people were confused. Most of them didn't know why they were there. Don't that sound familiar to today? There's a lot of anger in the land. There's a lot of bitterness in the land. There's a lot of confusion in the land, but people don't know why they're angry. They don't know why they're bitter. They don't they don't understand why they're confused at the way they are. A lot of us don't understand why we why we think the way we think and talk the way we talk. But the Lord took me back to that that instance when I'm talking to that young man and how easy it was for me, a man of God, to all of a sudden feel aggravated and irritated. And wanting to say and do something that's not in my character because I've been around this young man for a few hot minutes. And that's all it took as a godly man for that to happen. We're God's people, my brothers and sisters, but yet and still we're not exempt from all the things that are happening in this world we live in today. So I say to you, keep your eyes on the Lord as much as the Lord would allow you to. When things get uh, a little bit abrupt, when things get a little bit out of order, think back on the Lord Jesus Christ, his love, his grace, his mercy. Think of him on that cross when he's when he says to God, the father, he looks up into heaven above. and He says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. There's been times in my life when that has been a blessing to me. When I thought about uh, uh, being vexed by someone or or having a moment where, you know, we're we're saved, but it doesn't exempt us from disagreements and arguments and, and, and ill will towards one another from time to time. And the Lord would say, "Okay, you can you can think. Because I've given you a mind to think, but I have not given you the will to hate. So we must let the hatred go. We can't be on board with that. That is not God's desire for our lives. Once again, in Hebrews, it talks about the the, the root of bitterness. And, and, And in Ezekiel, it talks about ancient hostility. We're living off somebody else's hatred. We're going about our relationships with one another today off of somebody else's anger and bitterness and resentment. When you go back and you look at Cain and Abel, it says that after God spoke to Cain and told him that he needed to watch himself because sin was crouching at his door and desired to have him, but he must master it, it wasn't not long after that that Cain says to Abel, "Let's go out in the field," and he killed his brother. And he did it because he didn't take heed to the word of God. My brothers and sisters, please, please take heed to the word of God. It's real. It's love. It blesses. It takes us out of the muck and the mire. It takes us out of confusion. It takes us out of all the downtime that the enemy has brought about in our lives. The word of God is real, my brothers and sisters. He said, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that more abundantly. The abundant life is ours. We don't need to keep going back and forth with this racial unrest. We need to learn how to love and appreciate one another just as we are. Why? Because God made you like he wanted you. God made me like he wanted me. God made us. In his own image, and so who are we to tell one another, "You don't look like the God I want to see"? Think about that. He has a love for us that passeth all our understanding. Be at peace with one another. Learn to get the devil up out of our business. That's what we need to do. I found that that day that the young man was was uh, talking, and I got vexed by him. I realized something. I started saying, "Jesus." Jesus, Jesus. Now, mind you, I was at the gym of all places around a room full of people. But I knew in my heart of hearts I needed to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because I was feeling some kind of way and it was not a godly way. I knew it immediately. And I said, Lord, I, I need your hand of grace and mercy on me right now. I've been bombarded and overwhelmed by this conversation it wasn't a godly conversation to begin with and it didn't it didn't bode well for my spirit and so the Lord stepped in showed up and showed out I always carry my music when I'm at the gym so I've got gospel music galore So I decided to get into my phone and 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 play something that was upbeat and uplifting because I needed to chase away that ill will that the enemy had bought on me at that moment in time. My brothers and sisters, you may need to chase away the ill will that the enemy has bought upon you at any given moment in time. Just know this. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus. And because we say we're not exempt from needing to be delivered at any moment in time, because there is an enemy. He does not like us. We have sold out and committed our lives into the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, we're the enemy of the enemy. And I thank God for that. Bless you. I pray that this will help somebody to realize that we don't have to keep doing the same things we've been doing. We don't have to keep allowing the enemy to make us unfriendly, ungodly, sneaking in on us and abusing us through root of bitterness that was set up many, many years ago before we even came into existence. I have one more thing I'd like to just uh, add to this. And that was, I want to say about 40, I'm going to date myself, get ready y'all, 47 years ago at the age of 16, I was selling candy with a group of young men from my neighborhood and we would go out and about into the various communities and different cities and whatnot and this one particular time we went to Green Bay, Wisconsin. We were at um a Brown County mm, pick and save, if you will. I don't think it was pick and save at the time, but it was a grocery store, similar. And we were there at the grocery store selling candy. Uh, I was getting ready to present my little spiel to a a lady and her child that was coming towards me. And the little child, he's about maybe four, maybe four, five at the most, but I'm thinking maybe about four-ish. He says, look, Mommy. There go one of those ends. Oh, yes. Yes. He said the N word. And it penetrated my heart. And at 16 years of age, there was a war. An internal war. I was angry at that young man. I was angry at his mama. I was angry at our society. I was angry because that derogatory word was permeating my mind, my heart, and my soul, and causing a great deal of vexation on the inside of me. My stomach was churning. I could just feel it just balling up in knots, and acid just running through my through my body. And there was a lot of bitterness. And somehow or other, at 16 years of age, I managed to hold my composure and not say anything uh, out the ordinary, if you will. Uh I matter of fact, I shut shut down and, and, and got quiet and didn't even offer the, to, uh, the, the candy. I was just like, well, you know what? This is a situation I might want to just leave alone. And what the Lord did for me, years later, after getting saved, the Lord brought that back to my heart. And I thought about that little boy, four years of age, throwing out the N-word like it's an everyday thing. And this is what the Lord poured into my heart. Do you think he came out of the womb thinking inward? That's learned behavior. He picked that up from somebody. And the person he picked it up from, or persons he picked it up from, picked it up from somebody. Learned behavior. Passed down from one generation to the next. We're all guilty of it. And the Lord would have us to be healed from generational wounds, from the old ancient hostility that's existing today. It's nothing new under the sun. These things occurred thousands of years ago, if you will. And yet they're on the land today, causing us to have ill will towards one another. When the Lord is saying, be healed, my sons and daughters, be healed, my people. Be delivered, be set free, be what I've called you to be. there's a healing that we as saints of God need to do, and God has provided that through the blood of Jesus. We need to tap into that healing, walk in that healing, own that healing, quit allowing the enemy to to continue to lead us about as it says in the book of ephesians uh, by every wind and doctrine we we need to stop allowing the enemy to Dictate to us how much Christ we have in our lives. Why? Because we've been called to do exploits for our God because he's done marvelous things for us. First and foremost, he saved us, raised us, healed us and delivered us. And now he's saying to us. Don't you know, you must be about your father's business. I love you, my brothers and sisters, with the love of the Lord. I pray that this will help someone as much as it has helped me. As I was thinking about what to say, how to say, and when to say it, the Lord says, just speak your heart, speak your mind. Everything doesn't have to be canned. Everything doesn't have to be rehearsed. But we've lived life. After being on this earth for 63 years, I know that uh, this racial divide is real. But I know there's a God who's realer than all our anger, our bitterness, our resentment, our frustrations, our hatred, our envy, our jealousy, our fears, our anxieties. He's greater than all of that. So my brothers and sisters, I leave you with this. Be blessed and not stressed. In Jesus name, I thank God for you. Amen.